Welcome to the Drink Less, Live More podcast. If you are someone that is wanting to evaluate your relationship with alcohol, you've come to the right place. You don't have to call yourself anything. We don't have to use any labels. You're just someone that knows something isn't working for you and you want to make an intentional change. Let's go. Welcome back to Drink Less, Live More. So I, I don't know, my brain is just like overwhelmed with thoughts, not negative thoughts, but just a lot of thoughts right now. I have been reading a book by someone named Gaber Mate. So he is actually a physician and also a therapist and works with addiction and all sorts of different things. But he talks a lot about the mind-body connection and how we get it wrong in Western medicine. He's not an anti-Western medicine person, but he is saying maybe we need to try some different things because this particular way isn't working. And his book is called The Myth of Normal. Um, he has multiple books out there. If you look him up, he's kind of all over the place. Um, last name is like looks like Mate. It's M-A-T-E. Um, but yeah, look him up. Like what a fascinating perspective right in line with how I was trained as a coach. Just a little bit of a different spin on it. I love that he has the background of being um, a family physician and, um, you know, has lived a long time too and is no stranger to trauma. So it was really cool just to kind of start to hear his perspective. I'm just starting it, but I'm obsessed. Like I am, I am in. Like I will be taking extra walks just so I can listen to this book. And, you know, it's, it's relatable in so many ways, I think, with this topic because he's, you know, he's kind of saying so many of, of us are just medicating ourselves to get through life, which is kind of my experience with overdrinking wine. You know, I mean, it was like, I just, I had to get through the day. I had to get through to the next thing. I had to get through putting the kids to bed. I had to get through the next hard meeting I had the next day. And wow, I mean, I, when I say that out loud and I think about where I was four or five years ago in that space, that just makes me sad for that version of me that I was experiencing that. And honestly, in some ways, I'm like, who the heck were you? You know, like, I don't even, I don't know. It's really hard for me to even relate to that anymore because I've come come so far in this journey. But anyway, super relatable for the work that I do, certainly and definitely in the space of either addiction or just, you know, over drinking to sort of numb what's really going on in our lives and, you know, avoiding the present, you know, which is what I think so many of us do which is really the topic of conversation today. So I wanted to talk about, it's just been something I've been thinking about a lot, this idea that we are just a society that really loves instant gratification. And while I think that's kind of always been true, we haven't been able to actually get that. And in today's culture, we kind of can. I mean, I can order a car and have them come pick me up to drive me somewhere that I don't want to drive or that I need to work on the phone on the on the ride and can't do that if I'm driving or I, you know, don't want to pay for, you know, the parking at the airport. You know, like I can get that really quickly, like instant gratification, my problem solved. I can get groceries delivered within an hour to my front doorstep. I don't have to leave my house. I don't have to go and spend my time doing that. So I get all this time back. You know, I can have obviously Amazon, like there's a whole you know, thing around that where it's like we can get things delivered so quickly. So we get this kind of instant 
gratification, and that has drastically changed with access to technology and the internet. And look, I'm not here to say this is all bad. This has made my life exponentially easier in so many ways and so much more efficient. You know, it's like now I don't spend my time doing these tasks. I can do the things that are most important to me um, and that add the most value to my life and my business and my family's lives versus, you know, some of these other tasks that like they don't need me to do them. They just need to be done. So I don't, I'm not somebody that's like, oh my gosh, the world was so much better 30 years ago when we didn't have all this technology. I think there's amazing things about technology, but it just got me thinking about how there's just been a culture shift for all of us to really want that instant gratification. So when we think about it, when it comes to alcohol, it kind of makes sense how we have a pretty big drinking problem in this country. Because we can get instant gratification. We can feel better immediately if we just pop open that bottle of wine and have that first glass or two. A lot of things can go away. So we can get instant gratification. Now, we all know, because you're not listening to this because you don't ever drink or haven't ever had a hangover, we all know that in the morning, that doesn't feel very gratifying but we want to also fix the hangover immediately. So we're like, oh my gosh, we got to get the ibuprofen and we got to get the, you know, um, uh, hydration stuff and Gatorades and all these things and a greasy meal to soak up all the alcohol. I always love that one. Like what a dumb, like what a dumb thing to think about where it's like, okay, so we're going to load ourselves with greasy, nasty food and hope that that's going to solve this problem. Um, but you know, like we want that, we want that to go away too, you know, so we want everything to be instantly fixed. and so. It makes sense to me. It makes sense why we've really like, you know, doubled down on how much people are drinking, how often they're drinking and why it is such a problem, not just in the younger generations, but also in older generations. You know, I have quite a few clients that are in the space of retirement or have retired and they're really struggling with us because now there's no like there's no work to go to in the morning. They're going out to dinner every night. They're drinking every night. They maybe move somewhere where they're on a boat, you know, and it's like, well, of course we must have alcoholic drinks on a boat. So I have multiple clients in that space too. So I don't think, I really don't think it's just a, a generational, I think, I think it's a human problem, not a generational problem. I think is what I'm trying to get to. So what it brought me to was this thought of patience and really being present in the moment. So I think that's a really hard thing for many of us to do because there's so many distractions. I mean, our brains were not wired to be bombarded with the things that we are getting bombarded with. I mean, actually right now, literally as we're recording this, my phone just rang and my (laughs) watch went off and I had to hit the silence button. So like, there we go. Boom. There's a distraction. You know, of course I could turn those things off. I sometimes do. Um, but yeah, what a, what a distraction. It kind of took me off of my train of thought for a, a minute. And now my brain is also thinking in several different ways. Oh, I'm recording a podcast, but also I think that was the electrician that was calling back and I kind of want to get to them and get on their schedule, you know? So, so like we're just bombarded, right? And then it's like we open up our phones and we just have access to everything and all the distractions in the world. So we don't have to live in the present. But I think that's really impacting not just us, but our relationships with other people. 
I know for sure, and I know if you listened to the episode with Brandon Wilson last week, he and I are both coaches, and we were talking about how beneficial it is for our coaching businesses to be able to be fully present with someone and to really listen and to tap into our own intuition in this situation and be able to share that with the client and have some really big breakthroughs for them. So like professionally, it's been a huge win because a lot of our work is all about patience and being in the present and listening to a much higher degree than most of these people have ever been listened to. And so, you know, that that is really interesting to me too is sort of how my listening skills have gotten so much better my ability to read what's actually going on in the room so I can read the emotion, I can read some of the thought patterns, I can read the body language. Like I'm just such a better observer without drinking and without being hungover the next morning. So, you know, what I'm saying, I don't think that we can avoid the fact that we're getting bombarded with all these things. I think we do have more control than we think we do. Obviously, we can set some parameters around devices, how close they are to us. You know, there's been research that shows that even having them within the same room with us automatically has our brain not fully focused on the task at hand. Um, And, you know, you hear a bing and it's almost like our brains, like they have scans that show our brains kind of light up like a slot machine, like it's an addiction, you know, it's like bing, 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 bing. Oh my gosh. I wonder who is reaching out to me. I wonder if it's really important. I must get to it immediately. And, you know, I I haven't sat in too many meetings. I do some, you know, obviously public speaking and team development. And sometimes there are people that are on their phones and, you know, multitasking. I'm saying that in air quotes because it's not a real thing. I don't think we can really do it effectively. There's actually been research on that as well, that we don't do it effectively. Um, so, you know, I mean, like I know that that exists in our work environments and I think we can put some strategies in place for ourselves in order for us to be more fully present in those environments, but then with our families too. You know, I have to put my phone up on the charger and have it just away from me. Otherwise, it's like I'm thinking about something and I'm like, oh, I know. I can just order that right now, or I can fix that problem now, or I can look that up now so I have the information, or I can see what's on my schedule tomorrow so I can see if I can make that thing happen. You know, so it's just like, it's just a like we never get to shut off, right? And so no wonder we want to use alcohol to shut off sometimes. It makes total sense to me. So think about where maybe you're looking for instant gratification. What are you trying to gratify? I think that's the biggest thing. Or what are you trying to avoid? That's probably a better word. I, you know, I'm trying to maybe avoid a hard day that I just experienced or just being tired, you know, where it's like, gosh, I just don't want to feel like this anymore. I just had a crappy day and it was raining all day. I just feel kind of sad. And just saying, okay, well, maybe it's okay to feel sad. Maybe I just will sit here and feel sad today. Maybe I'll sit here and feel sad for an hour. And then I'll move on and do something that might get me out of that, that sadness or that funk. Um, so yeah, I think just learning to manage those more negative emotions when we're experiencing them and just like saying like, Hey friend, you're here. You have some information to give me or you wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be feeling this way or experiencing this if there was no data that we should be taking from it. Emotions don't come out of nowhere. They're typically a part of our thoughts and our belief systems, and that's why we experience those emotions. 
So just kind of having them come along with us, like even follow us throughout the day, we might still have to go do all the things we have to do. And just know that sadness is just kind of following along. I always think of the movie Inside Out and sadness, you know, how she talks. And I just love it. Like she's this blue, like, oh, everything's awful. And, you know, for me, I, you know, on the Enneagram styles, I live in the positive outlook group. So the first time I saw that, I had not done a lot of Enneagram work. Um, but I was recognizing that I don't like those emotions and I try to avoid them. So when I was first watching Sadness, I was like, oh, my gosh, she's a drag. What is the deal? And now when I watch that movie, I'm like, oh, Sadness, come on, let's go. Like, let's let's do this thing, you know. And so it's just what a what a shift in thinking for sure. Um, but maybe if we can just look at it like that, it's not us. It's not that like we as an individual are sad. We're just feeling sad. It's just an experience. It actually will pass. Um, it'll pass more quickly and actually pass all the way through so it can complete its cycle. And that's like with all negative emotions, if we address it, if we ignore it uh, with alcohol or with other things, other distractions, it'll stay there. It's still going to be there because we didn't acknowledge it. We didn't say, hey, I see that you're there. Come on, let's go. Let's see what we can explore together and discover. But you don't get to drive. You're not the driver here. I still get to drive, but you can come along. You know, that's kind of the way that I talk to those emotions. And sometimes I like I talk to them. So, you know, I think that's a, a great way to do it. It doesn't mean you're a crazy person if you talk to your emotions and see them as something that is independent from you. Like it's not, it's not you. It doesn't mean just because you're sad right now that you're a sad person. It just means that you're experiencing one of the millions of emotions that we can experience. Millions is probably excessive, but you know, hundreds of emotions that we can experience. So I want you to think about that. Like how are you using alcohol as instant gratification to take away something that you're ignoring and then take it to the next level? What is it that you're ignoring? And then how can we embrace the thing that you're ignoring um, and really like just accept it, you know, kind of be in that space of come on in, join the party. There's lots of other parts of me here, too. So I hope you have a good week. Um, I'm all for some instant gratification, but let's just uh, do it without um, having to lose our presence with the people that we care about the most and in the spaces that we care about the most. Um, so yeah, if you still want to order your groceries, I do too. No problem. Um, that's not necessarily a negative way to get instant gratification, but you know, the alcohol really is. So challenge yourself to think about just living in the present and avoiding checking out through instant gratification. So have a wonderful week. We'll be back next week. Don't forget to hit subscribe so you can be reminded for my weekly Wednesday episodes. If you're curious about my programs and options of ways to work with me, check out rachelpritz.com. And if that's not interesting to you right now, no problem. Just keep listening along for free. Either way, I'm here for you.